0: Prestige, All about films, filmmaking and film theory
1: Each week we pick a movie, we review it, we talk about it And we discuss some of the ideas and themes that it throws up
0: And as always we'll end with our recommendations of what else you should be watching Based on, inspired by the film of the week
1: Before we kick off with the movie of this week We always have a little catch up on what we've been watching So Sam, what have you been watching since our last podcast? Wink wink
0: um, I have not watched a whole film since our last podcast although I have started watching and very much enjoyed and look forward to having the time to finish it the uh, 1927 if I say 1927 can you guess what I'm going to say? No Uh, 1927 silent film German Metropolis Fritz Lang yes and it was really good I don't always don't always get on with with silent films, although, for example, I really enjoyed the artist, was that recently the, um, not not recently, shows how old I am, Um, the pastiche of the silent film genre, but uh, Metropolis was, was really good, and I found lots of contemporary political parallels that were interesting to me, and the acting performances were good as well. Um, and some of the scenes between the son and the workers, and then his father and the inventor were particularly enjoyable. So I look forward to finishing that. Fair enough. What about you, Bob? Um, well, I am
1: king of picking up things that were really popular several years ago and everyone loves, and kind of just getting into something well after the hyper digestion. Started-
0: You've started playing with Slinkies, you?
1: I have, and Pogs and a Tamagotchi. Um, no, I have started watching Parks and Recreation. My wife watched it a couple of years ago, loved it. I just never got around to it. So I'm currently diving into Parks and Rec. Um, those that know, it's an American comedy um, starring Amy Poehler about a park recreation department in America in a town called Pawnee. Um, and is had an early Chris Pratt role in it. Um, and it's, it's very funny. Sort of slightly awkward American mm. comedy. Um, so everyone raved about it maybe three four years ago. Everyone loved it. I never watched it. I'm watching it now.
0: Good. I've heard people... I mean, I absolutely love Parks and Rec, and I love just about every series of Parks and Rec or season because they're American. Um, and I've heard people say, oh, the first season isn't that good, and it only starts getting good after that. And I can't understand that because I think the first with sort of an awkward Amy Perla and the beginnings of this Chris, Chris Pratt character and the nurse and the centre of what about the episodes is is really it's really impressive and really funny and I really enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm, very, I'm currently into season two and I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, very much. I've been told at work that I'm very much like Ron Swanson so I feel I need to work out whether that's an insult or compliment
0: <laughs> I I would take that as a compliment
1: yeah but I trust you as the
0: question I, fo- I follow Nick Offerman on Twitter and he's very funny but you have to imagine that everything he said is said in the voice of Ron Swanson
1: okay well uh, uh, I see I'm i in season 2 currently it's, it's a nice little show that I can throw on with my baby around um, so mm. it's uh, one that's quite not for her to watch which is good
0: Good. this week or several hours after last week we are talking about The Evil Dead 2 Four years ago in this quiet forest in this cosy cabin something happened something so frightening Something so deadly, something so evil,
1: we prayed it would never happen
0: again. The Evil Dead 2 is a comedy slash horror slash slash slasher sequel to the first film in the franchise. Made six years after the first by the same director, Sam Raimi, and starring the same lead actor, Bruce Campbell, it's a response to and, I suppose, a reworking of the original. It's very much a companion piece to the first film. This is then a different sort of sequel. This isn't the standard sequel that we've been seeing in other franchises that we've talked about. It helps to have seen the first film, but it's not essential. And this is another version of the film that Sam Raimi wanted to make. Um, other new characters are involved. We have the um, daughter of the professor, Professor Nobi, and his um, associate professor companion, who turns out is the boyfriend of his daughter. Um and there are some other characters involved as well. There's a a sort of stock hillbilly hick type character, and his girlfriend, who also gets introduced. But this is very much Bruce Campbell's film. Mm-hmm. This this is a film starring Bruce Campbell. Um, and that's all that I really want to say about this film because it's an interesting watch. So, Rob, how many times have you seen this
1: film? I I, I can't count, to be honest. Um, I probably saw this on VHS back when we were at school. Um, right. And have seen it in almost every format available since. I've watched it at Halloween parties. I've introduced people friends to it. Um, I've seen this film many times. Uh, unsurprisingly, I like it quite a lot. Um, I would say, to be honest, I actually prefer this one to the first film. I think this is a a better film than Evil Dead. I think it's certainly more Mm. fully formed, and it certainly shows more of the fingerprints of Sam Raimi's director. It stands out a lot more from the crowd over being a random horror film. Now, it does, as Sam kind of alluded to there a little bit, it does, the act one of of Evil Dead 2 essentially is Evil Dead. We do pick it up in a very similar way with... Ash and his girlfriend Linda being killed um, and as the first film ends with him being possessed that happens at the end of this act, one of this film and we pick it up from there onwards so it feels very much like Sam Raimi was like well I, I like that let's reboot that slash remake it slash give a sequel at the same time it's kind of all three things in one in many ways and expands up the story to include some of the original occupants of the house their family and some local hillbillies so, I like it more, I think it moves much closer to comedy horror, rather than straight-up horror, which is much more my jam. Um, I think, As you say, I think Bruce Campbell is the man in this film, and this is the film that very much established his... A, his name, and B, his personality. He's one of those actors who comes with pre-prescribed intentions. So when you watch Bruce Campbell, you know you're watching Bruce Campbell. It's like Tom Cruise, it's like the and brilliant. These are actors who never really disappear into their roles. You're always seeing Bruce Campbell doing something on screen. And I think this film, and probably Ash in general, is the one that set him up for that. Um, and you start to see the little catchphrases like groovy and that kind of thing come in. And certainly his end film outfit, uh, when he has the shotgun and the chainsaw and the blue shirt, has become an iconic outfit um, in, in cinema sort of history
0: mm.
1: now the fact that I like it I don't suppose is, is, is a surprise to any of our listeners um, but Sam you weren't overly keen on the more schlocky gory elements of Evil Dead whereas this film kind of turns all of that up to 11 a little bit and I'm intrigued to know what your thoughts were on to
0: it it does but I think that this film does a lot more than that and like you I enjoyed this more than the first one and I actually really like this film and one of the reasons I really like it is that everything that is done in the first film seems to be done better Sam Raimi seems to be more in control of what he's doing and you have scenes when the demon chases Ash through the house, for instance, which seem to be it seemed to be like the first film but better. And the the trope of Linda's necklace that brings Ash to his senses towards the end seemed to be I, I wasn't really sure why the necklace was there in the first one. And it seemed to me that it was a more useful narrative hook in this film mm. it made more sense to me and things like um, the various decapitations that you get in this film it just seemed to be me to be cleverer than the first one and I agree with you that certain things do be, seem to be turned up to a little stupid, but that in itself seemed to be me to be unknowing device on the part of Sam Raimi and I respected that I didn't feel that he was just being disgusting or gory for its own sake and there were times in the first one where I thought, oh, that's a bit much I'm not sure why that was needed in the second one in any scene like that there was a clever element that made me think, well actually that was really good and I wasn't so... I wasn't sort of distracted by this element of gore. So, something like um, Bruce Campbell and his hand, and that scene when he's chasing his hand, is was, was actually taken from an early film made by Sam Raimi as a teenager. He made a short film to do with this relationship with something that he called the helping hand, in inverted commas, and it was it was that sequence. But actually, that seemed to be me to be speaking to lots of other films, and this film seemed to be indebted to sort of Marx Brothers films in the way that mirrors get used a lot, and th- there was something very definitely slapstick about certain parts of this film, certain sequences of this film. So I agree with you that the the schlock was was heightened. In some cases, more than the first film, and actually, paradoxically, I thought that this made for a better film because of the clever things that was done that were done.
1: I, I would actually, uh, for once, wholeheartedly agree with you there. I think this if the first one felt like Sam Raimi was trying to make a horror film for the masses, and this one felt mm. more like he's making a horror film for himself. Mm. That you've got his and his sensibility. Portrayed on it, and I think you're right. And whilst you, met, you mentioned um, the Mark Brothers, I was much more thinking of uh, three three stages. Mm.
0: Um,
1: but yes. it, it is true, and that, that, that's whilst the film the films get titled with gory as a title, and this certainly is a gory and a a blood splatter fest towards the end. Certainly, it isn't in the same box as kind of torture porn things like Hostel and that kind of gory film, no. this, is, this isn't Bone Tomahawk. This is slapstick, blood going everywhere, um, kind of comedy, and I think that, that that that's what makes it not horrific. It is scary; it is a horror film. There are horrific elements to it, but it's much more a kind of a comedy film. And I think that is helped by Bruce Campbell, who I think certainly has come into his own since the first film, that he manages to play off the kind of goofy, oh my god, I'm around the house, falling through doors, slap sticking nature of it all, falling over amongst geezers of blood, at the same time pulling off the, you know, shotgun over the shoulder, chainsaw in one hand, you know, killing witches kind of look as well. And I think he's become more interested in the first film, and that helped him a lot in this film. Mm.
0: That the the geezers of blood was was something I was I was thinking about. You think of something that's that's more gory than the first film. But there was some... Sam Raimi seems to know what he's doing and there seems to be something inherently comic about that. Like, a spurt of blood from the wall would be horrible. Mm. But a geezer of blood coming gushing from the wall and, and knocking Bruce Campbell over is is funny. So... That is that is sort of taking the schlocky element, of the first film, and and dialing it up, but it's also showing that Sam Raimi is is aware of of the humour of what he's doing mm. as well.
1: He's very much leaning into the humour of bit, mm. um, and and that's why I say that it's been turned up to eleven rather than to ten, because it's gone beyond being maximum horror. It's gone into weird pastiche of horror and found comedy there. You know the the. Certain scenes, I'd say, slapstick is the word I use for them more than like the scenes when he's cutting off his hand, and the scene with Linda's head um, in the uh, in in the woodshed are certainly more kind of say slapstick, more kind of comedy in terms of anything else. And I think this is what I want to pick up on what we mentioned last time about the camera work in the first film. And I think this is a film where not only is the what you are seeing comedic. But we're also he's using the camera in funny ways, so yeah. you're, things are being framed to give comedic images, and the cuts come at comedic ways. So it's a, it's a horror film, but the he uses transitions and he uses um, framing to achieve that effect as well. So it isn't just like you know a lot of camera looking something, or even the po- point of view stuff for the first film. It felt like in the first one he was trying to use the camera to be scary, but now he's like, no, I can use the camera to be funny as well and create that effect on top of the text I suppose that we, we're looking. The, the the iris through which we look at the film itself is being used for comedy.
0: How How do you mean then? how How is this this camera work used in a funny way? Things
1: in that you get the What you normally in a comedy film, you get the reaction shot. So you get the something happens, you cut back the reaction shot, so you get the laugh from that reaction shot, and in horror films, it's about the the shot itself. So you're framing on the horrific element, not. I mean, you see the reactions, but the point of the the, the series of shots is not the reaction. If you see what I'm saying, because in a horror and a gore film, you, your your money's on the gore. You want to show the gore. Whereas a lot of right. comedy is about that reaction. When it comes to this film. You're, the, Sam Raimi is using Bruce Campbell's very expressive face to react to mm. these horrible moments. You know, the, the the scene in which he's chased around the house by the demon and goes through room after room after room through the crawl spaces back into the lounge and then at the very last minute he's somehow manages to duck out up the way and you get this weird moment where the demon looks round, can't find him and leaves. We aren't being shown the yes. horrific thing. We aren't being shown mm. the horrific thing that um, is doing the scaring, and it isn't in a kind of slowly stalking, horrible way, and it isn't even the kind of the rushing through the forest horror way. Sort of. This is like a slapdash two people banging through the building, um, sort of a uh, sort of sla- breaking through doors, breaking through walls. Ash doesn't seem like a hero. The demon doesn't seem like a competent demon, and at the end is outwitted by him hiding behind a door, basically. Mm. And the f- camera work there is used for comedic effect as well as narrative effect. Yes, um, and I think that's well Sam Some... as well in this mm.
0: Something else is um, you, you've already talked about the the sequence in which um, Ash takes takes Linda's head with him to the woodshed and it's it's biting onto his hand. There's there's a There's a point in that just before they get into the woodshed when Bruce Campbell throws Linda's head against a tree to try and knock it off. And actually one of the things he he knocks her head against is the camera itself. Mm. And the transition to the scene in the woodshed is the head being being knocked against the camera. So I see what you're saying, but the the camera itself it, at that point is is a part of the, the comedic action but also it felt it wasn't just the camera itself as an object it was the way it was shot felt inventive and you have I mean, there, are, there are points in this and I've already mentioned the, the spurt of blood that, that knocks Ash over but Blood is used in a very gory way at points, but there are also rather delicate moments when you don't see the spray, and as you said, you see the reaction. So you see the character being covered in blood and reacting with revulsion to what's happening. And mm. um, when you when you have um, Ash cutting into Linda's head when he's using the chainsaw in the woodshed, it's. It's his his face that you you have, and then it's his silhouette that that shows you the action of what's going on. So th- there's something something quite subtle about this film, which seems a strange thing to say about a film that's that's so shocky in parts.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it, it's it's nice that for once we're actually on a film in such uh, such wonderful ways. Um, yes, yeah.
0: We. I just wanted to mention, actually, there are there are various films that this film reminded me of, and one that I know is not going to be in your recommendations because you've recommended it quite recently is Death Becomes Her, mm-hmm. and that, which is a comedy horror film, although not in the same vein as Evil Dead Two, seems to be an interesting touchstone for this. I don't know what year it was. I have a feeling it was late nineties. It? Um, so it comes significantly after this film there were times in which I thought of that a lot um, particularly moments like, like the, the sequence where Linda's body comes to life and her head reattaches things like that um, there also um, there's a suggestion there that it was sort of straying into Tim Burton territory, mm-hmm. I don't know whether it he was particularly inspired by this um, but it, it felt like Sam Raimi was having fun with references to other films so I'm I'm going to mention things here which are definitely not going to be in any of our recommendations um, Beauty and the Beast was something that came to mind when all the um, furniture animates and you have the The clock and the lamp dancing, um, around Bruce Campbell. He to to heighten his his sense of paranoia. And you also have the the short film that that spawned the Pixar animation with the moving lamp, which was a contemporary of this film that that came out in uh, in eighty six as well. So there there was lots lots about this film it was very um, it was show, showed how how semi-literate Sam Raimi was mm. how many references to other other films and also other genres he was making
1: well he has, has gone on record as saying that the the tooling up scene in The Woodshed is, is a reference to Tax Drover um, Robert De Niro's oh, no. tooling up scene in that uh, so you, you're right he, he is referencing other films and I think that's for me, I think why the film works better than the first one. As I said earlier, the first one feels like a standard horror film by the tropes, whereas there mm. Sam Remedy is letting a his skills shine, but also his knowledge shine, and and his experience of other films.
0: Mm. So, given that I've named a few other films that won't be in recommendations, well, what have we got to recommend in the way of um serious recommendations?
1: So, I'm going to go one that's. A, a very obvious recommendation, one that isn't, I think. So my obvious recommendation is the 2012 film, The Cabin in the Woods. Now this is produced and written by Josh Whedon. Um, it tells the tale of five friends who go for a break in a wrecked cabin in the woods um, and get more of their back on, and they kind of they kind of once again unleash some horror on them. But I think that. I won't say anything to anyone who hasn't seen the film but this film is far smarter than that Snopsis gives it a chance to and does a lot more interesting things with this genre than that Snopsis can say but I can't say any more without ruining that basically um, so if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods it is hands down one of the best horror films of the last few years and hands down one of the best films of the last few years it does some very interesting things with it. so if you haven't seen it please check out Cabin in the Woods that's my obvious recommendation. My least obvious recommendation is from 2010, um, and this is the film by Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Now, once again, not obvious, but bear with me here. Now, I mentioned in the my my pre, pre, my amble there about using the camera and cutting for comedy or for effect as well as as well as the narrative using the mode of delivery as a as a part of the uh, effect creation shows it, and I don't think any film does that better than Scott Pilgrim, and certainly no director does it better than Edgar Wright in this, camera angles, transitions everything that he can think of to throw at the screen to add to it, be it graphics be it text, be it anything like that is used by Edgar Wright for comedy, he uses the camera for comedy in a way I don't think any other working director does currently there are multitude of videos on the internet explaining why Scott Pilgrim versus the World is so good in terms of camera work and in terms of positions, but for me, it felt very much in that same kind of sort of thematic area as as Evil z Two. Sam,
0: my recommendations this week, like you, one obvious one, not so. Um, my obvious one, first of all, and my recommendations go further back in time than yours. Um, The obvious recommendation is one that I feel everyone should have seen particularly if you're a fan of films like this Um, particularly if you think that horror films are worth watching. Um, Everyone needs to have seen The Exorcist Um, and I've mentioned how the reanimation of Linda's body sort of reminded me of something a bit like Death Becomes Her, maybe um the spinning spinning body seemed to me to be a direct knot to the exorcist. So that's that's one I would definitely recommend. Okay. And my second one is not so obvious. Um it was sort of suggested to me by this figure of Bruce Campbell at the end of the film as you mentioned this iconic figure who has one of his hands replaced with a chainsaw um, and I was reminded of a film that I seem to refer to as lot and um, nowadays fewer and fewer people have seen it which saddens me because it's a brilliant film the film from the early 90s Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. and as I said not necessarily an obvious film but there are sort of comedy horror elements to that film as well so it's not really in the same mould as Evil Dead 2 but it's certainly a film that's worth checking out
1: the last good Tim Burton film
0: <laughs> right
1: Sorry. don't like Tim Burton I can go on for hours <laughs> uh,
0: well.
1: so guys don't you can come find us and tell me how wrong I am about Tim Burton uh, we're on Twitter we are both at Prestige Podcast
0: but what about the the genius work with, with Johnny Depp that he's done in recent years
1: name me one name me one film that's know. good
0: Yeah, you may be right although I did enjoy bits of of the first Alice film get out well that was interesting
1: get out just give me a Twitter and, handle and get l- out <laughs> honestly
0: alright ok um, you find me and tell me why I'm right at life underscore academic
1: and you can find just me at Rob Coichy come follow me for more controversial film opinions that you know are true really
0: <laughs> oh, Tim Burton I'm so cough and we'll be back next week
1: and we'll be back next week with the third in the Eve of Dead trilogy or quadrilogy or franchise and that is Army of Darkness we shall see you then Stage is the Kaiju Industries production. Check out their other work at Facebook.com forward slash kaiju industries rr.